Welcome to Hebrews Faith, the podcast focusing on biblical views for being a Christian. My name is Eric Hansen, and I'm the founder of Hebrews Ministries. I know it's been a little bit since we've had the last episode, and I do apologize for the span of silence between the two. But let me tell you, the end of 2020 has definitely been interesting, especially if you are one that lives in America, with the way that we are dealing with the new president, his decisions on what the future of America should be and just really everything in general going on, all the wars, all the decisions that are being made that really aren't biblical. And sometimes we can find ourselves struggling to enter into that and not know really whether something is right or wrong. That's what I wanted to bring up today, a topic of something that has been very prominent in my life and I'm sure really is in everyone's life especially once you become a Christian you seem, it seems to be a lot more noticeable I want to bring to the table today and talk about spiritual warfare and this is going to be a multi-part series maybe one might be two parts might be three heck it might even be five we'll see how things go but one of the first things I want to talk about was really understanding what spiritual warfare really is. We can look at Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 12 and see that Paul summarizes spiritual warfare as something that all men deal with between deciding what is good and evil. A simple example of this can be lust. It's something that we all deal with. It's something that we're all involved That we all Heaven in our lives, whether we want to admit it or not, whether it be lust of the flesh or lust of money, anything like that, anything that really catches our eye and pretty much creates a wedge between us and what is holy. Let me give an example of what I'm talking about here. A non-believer and a Christian both see someone in front of them. They make a comment to themselves, or out loud, that they look desirable and may start fantasizing about them. The non-believer may not see anything wrong with what's going on with the fantasizing and the lusting over someone that they may not be able to have. And when it comes to desire, I'm sure we've all heard the phrase, at least once in our lives, look but don't touch. A Christian, however, should feel guilt for starting to fantasize or even before that just by looking at them. A Christian is finding the opportunity to do good by ignoring the outward attractiveness whereas a non-believer is feeding into the frenzy with no remorse. Thus, the Christian is dealing with a spiritual warfare or evil one, and so does the non-believer. But only one recognizes which possible reaction, ignore, or explore is sinful. Now, to some, this may be an extreme example, as you may or may not believe that even just looking with your eyes is sinful. However, I direct you to Matthew 5.28 to determine whether it is sinful just to lust with your eyes or your mind. There is one important aspect of spiritual warfare that I want to bring out to attention, and that is whether it's truly the devil that attacks you when you're going through these moments of your life. Now, this is another debatable topic among Christians. Many will give Satan godlike characteristics, such as omnipotence and omnipresence, and this puts Satan on the same pedestal as God, but that is not the case. Nowhere in the Bible does Satan have the powers of God. If that was the case, then there would be no reason Satan had to go in front of the Lord 
to get permission to attack Job. And we could look at Job 1, 6 through 12, and Job 2, 1 through 4 to see this. So then, where does the evil element of spiritual warfare come from? Satan and those working for him are representatives, none of which has the ultimate authority that God does. Pretty much they're bound to evil, just like the angels are bound to glory and holiness. Even more so, Satan is not omnipresent, meaning that he can't be in multiple places, let alone every place at once. Only God has that tribute, not even the glorious angels were Satan was at one point. This means that most of our attacks are more inspired from many than the devil himself. They may even use or inspire someone by you, and not try to tempt you directly themselves. They are just that cowardly. Now through our time on earth here, we must remember though that Satan is not God. He is not like God, and was conquered by God at the cross. We can see that in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. Now you might be wondering, how do I know I'm actually in this spiritual warfare, as they like to call it. Let me tell you a story. When I was dealing with some big struggles as I was turning to Christ and trying to trust in God more than myself, I remember sitting with my pastor at the time and asking him, how do I know I'm in spiritual warfare? He looked at me in the eyes with assurance, asked if I'm alive. I told him yes, and his response was, you're in it. That didn't help me very much at the immediate time, but once I started thinking about it, it really did make sense. The start is when we are born of flesh, and the only end is when we take our last breath, so that we may be in front of the God, and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I've been living all my life, and we all are. It just wasn't until I accepted Christ that it became something to be concerned with. So what does it look like to be in spiritual warfare? Well, spiritual warfare is basically anything dividing us between doing what we know God's statement is and what our flesh wants. Giving into lust, jealousy, and things like that are all types, but it is definitely not a definitive list. To give you an example, not long ago I bought some pants at a store because I'm in the middle of a move. I tried them on at home since all the fitting rooms are closed due to COVID. It didn't fit, but... The return policy was quite generous. However, before I tried them on, I removed the tags, not thinking anything of it, and when I found that they didn't fit well, I tried to return them. And the lady at the counter asked about the missing tags. I could have told the truth, which really probably meant that I would be keeping the pants, or I could lie to get my money back. Well, unfortunately, I did lie to her, and during that time, I struggled internally, and I felt the pressure whether I should lie or tell the truth. And as soon as I told the lie, I instantly felt guilty for giving it to the flesh. And on the way home, I prayed to God for forgiveness. And if you ever deal with a struggle between doing what God knows is right, and you feel is acceptable or quote-unquote right, and I use it loosely there, you're caught in a warfare. However, sometimes a warfare is longer and even more impactful, though, too. There's really been many times since becoming a believer in Christ, that I have struggled in keeping up with things such as reading the Bible and praying to God. You know, I'd make excuses and say, tomorrow, God, I'll do this or I'll do that, but I continue doing what felt good to the flesh, which really has always just been procrastinating and being lazy. People say the path of least resistance is what our body craves, but the problem is that that path is also always 
leading us away from God. And this is that thing. It's also what spiritual warfare always tries to accomplish, separating us away from God and his righteousness. Truly, the fact is we can either allow it to or stop it, but stopping it can require hours, days, weeks, months, or even years of prayer to overcome. Evil is not afraid of waiting for us to expose our own weaknesses so it can slowly slide in and exploit that in us. I know this has been more of a premiere or quick overview of what spiritual warfare is. I want to give you something to think about until the next episode. Think about things that are in your life. Things that you might want to do, but you know that isn't what God's calling you to do. Or what is in God's character. By that I mean, you want to watch football on Sundays, but you know that you should be going to church instead. Now if you can fix those between now and then, that'd be awesome. But at least start thinking about why it is that you want to do those things instead of doing what God's calling you to do and really what we should be doing as Christians. Maybe it could be even just not hope, not helping someone cross the street when they're in need or giving a homeless person a dollar. Think about ways that you can just really start incorporating more of a Christian and godly manner in your life to the best of your ability. It's not always going to be something you could change overnight or by tomorrow. It may not be something you could change this year. But the more effort that we put into changing and being more giving a spirit instead of giving into the flesh, the more that we will be pleasing to God and the more that God will be blessing us with his righteousness. And with that, I want to say thank you for listening to this episode and I will still continue to plan on releasing every couple of weeks for right now. In the meantime, I would like to end this podcast in a moment of prayer. So if you're able to and wanting to, please bow your head with me as we close this podcast out. Dear Holy Father, thank you for the technology that we have to be able to reach out to not only people around us, but people in other areas of the world as well. People that we can share the gospel with, deliver the message, and preach about your holiness, and just really educate and teach people on how we can grow together instead of just by ourselves and really build up a community of fellowship and worship to your name. I know that there's a lot of people that deal with struggle trying to find a peace and balance to being a follower of yours, and yet still struggle with trying to please themselves or others as well. I ask that you just watch over all of us, give us the strength to help us find where we need to basically change in our current lives so we can better ourselves for your gloriousness and be able to present your gospel to the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And until next time, have a blessed season of growth.